Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help for correspondents around the world. I'm Ong Zhang. Coming up in this edition, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has visited Tiananmen Square in Beijing as part of his four-day visit to China. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says some progress has been made on Sweden's bid to join the bloc after a meeting in Ankara. And Ukraine is reporting modest gains in its counteroffensive against Russia. We begin in Asia. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has visited Tiananmen Square in the Chinese capital as part of his four-day visit to China. He earlier met with President Xi Jinping and expressed Palestine's adherence to the One China principle. President Xi proposed a three-point resolution to the Palestinian question, including establishing an independent Palestinian state based on its 1967 borders. The two sides have agreed to upgrade ties to a strategic partnership. Feng Yilei has more. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has laid a wreath at the monument to the people's heroes. Here, he paid tribute to China's revolutionary marches. This is President Abbas's fifth visit to China, and he is referred to as an old friend and good friend of the Chinese people. And China has also been a steadfast supporter of the Palestinian cause as one of the first countries to recognize the Palestine Liberation Organization and the State of Palestine. President Abbas's four-day state visit to China is a reaffirmation of that friendship. China has expressed willingness to help the Palestinians achieve internal reconciliation and to play an active role in facilitating peace talks between Israel and the Palestine. President Xi put forward his proposals for the resolution of the Palestinian question. He first emphasized establishing an independent Palestinian state based on the 1967 borders, with East Jerusalem as its capital, and he called for more international effort to meet Palestine's economic and humanitarian needs and keeping peace talks on the right track. Abbas's visit follows China's successful mediation between Iran and Saudi Arabia that resulted in the historic restoration of diplomatic ties between the two long-standing rivals. It has sparked optimism for a renewed momentum in fostering peaceful coexistence between Israel and Palestine. That was Feng Yilei on the Palestinian president's visit to China. Moving on to Europe. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says some progress has been made on Sweden's bid to join the military alliance after a meeting in the Turkish capital. But Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan warns that Sweden should not expect a change of attitude from Ankara unless Swedish security forces take preventive measures regarding anti-Turkish protesters in the Nordic country. Mikhail Bartvid reports. The fourth meeting of the permanent joint mechanism established during the NATO Madrid summit last year was held between Turkish, Swedish, Finnish, and NATO officials in Ankara on Wednesday. The level of progress made by Sweden to address Turkey's concerns over its NATO bid was discussed. Following the meeting, the Turkish presidency announced that the parties had agreed to continue working on the prospective concrete steps for Sweden's membership of the military alliance. Sweden's chief negotiator Oskar Stenström expressed optimism. I'm sure and confident that the cooperation that we are building now will produce more results in the short term and the medium term, and especially in the long term, especially. The fight against、uh, terrorism. However, as the talks were taking place, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan made a statement to reporters on the plane returning from Azerbaijan. He stated that Swedish police should prevent anti-Turkey protests if Stockholm wants the green light from Ankara. 
Stenstrom has highlighted that Sweden's new anti-terrorism legislation will play a crucial role in legal proceedings. Many countries within NATO, member countries, uh, has laws who permits manifestations with uh, terror symbols. And in Sweden, uh, we have a law that uh, permits freedom of speech and, and terror symbols. But with the new terrorist leg legislation, if there is a link between a person carrying a PKK flag and a crime, that carrying of a flag can be used when the prosecutor files charges in, in Swedish court. Turkey ratified Finland's bid to join NATO in March before the country was welcomed as a full member in April. Though there is still hope for Sweden's bid to be ratified by Turkey and Hungary in time for the NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania in July, no timetable has been set for another round of talks. That was Mikhail Batvid in Turkey. Staying in Europe, Ukraine is reporting modest gains in its counteroffensive against Russia. Moscow says it is repelling Ukrainian attacks on three fronts. Meanwhile, Belarus is receiving the first batch of tactical nuclear weapons from Russia. Dasha Chernyshova has this report from Moscow. The president of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, says Russia's nuclear weapons will be deployed on the territory of Belarus in several days and will be stationed in several locations, guarded by Russian soldiers. Lukashenko hinted that he had the facilities to host longer-range missiles too, if needed. He stressed that it was the demand of Minsk to station the weapons on the Belarusian territory. On the battlefields, Moscow says it continues to repel the Ukrainian offensive. According to the Russian Ministry of Defense, Ukraine mounted attacks on South Donetsk, Zaporizhia and Donetsk fronts. The losses of the Ukrainian army, according to Moscow, are over 7,500 men dead or wounded just since the 4th of June. Russian President Vladimir Putin said up to 30% of the arms supplied to Kyiv by the West have already been destroyed. And he said the key to solving the conflict in Ukraine is in the West, which he insists should stop the supplies of weapons to Ukraine. The Kremlin also said Ukraine's military infrastructure should be moved further from the Russian territory to prevent attacks against the Russian regions as Ukraine is receiving longer-range weapons. That was Dasha Chernyshova reporting from Moscow. In the Americas, recent government data shows that deforestation in the Amazon rainforest fell almost 10% in May compared to a year ago. An official at Brazil's Environment Ministry describes the results as extremely positive. The administration of incumbent President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has been strengthening protection efforts. The government reported the first major drop in deforestation and the Lula in April. But in the Colombian part of the Amazon, deforestation for cattle ranching is pushing the rainforest to a point of no return. The government there is trying to improve conservation efforts. Michelle Bege has details. 28-year-old Colombian Luis Felipe Enaos says when you're born in the Colombian Amazon, you sometimes take forests for granted. His home, Guaviare, is part of the Amazon rainforest, yet it suffers from some of the country's highest rates of deforestation, cattle ranching being a main driver. Enao says even his dad did it. Until he learned about the damage, it did. Today, Enao is an environmental activist, trying to inform people about the danger it poses to the world through social media. We started to talk about the environment when no one was interested because we were talking about planting trees in a region where there was so much forest where people think it will never end. 
This month, Colombia launched a program called Save the Jungle, which aims to curb deforestation through community projects. And now is part of these efforts to educate the public about rainforest conservation. It is a watershed moment. Guaviare has long been neglected, a lawless region controlled by drug gangs and rebels. Now the government hopes to have a larger presence by working with locals to support education and alternative economies. Unfortunately, we call this region the deforestation arc, and we are here to reverse that and have it become the arc of the forest economies and biodiversity. Another important part of saving Colombia's Amazon is preventing naturally occurring forest fires. 240 men and women have received training to stop fires from getting out of hand during El Niño. This weather pattern causes drenching rain on the Pacific coast and drought conditions in the interior. Ruben Vaca, one of the Amazon first responders, says he destroyed rainforest just like his parents and attributes this to a lack of education. Now he speaks passionately about conservation. If we use up our resources, our children will see the consequences, and their lives will become more complicated with less oxygen, more climate change, more extreme weather like El Nino, and each generation will receive those consequences of our actions when we are gone. There was a report from Michelle Begay on efforts to save Colombia's Amazon forests. Finally, we go to Africa. Saudi Arabia has announced that it will jointly lead an international conference on getting humanitarian aid for Sudan. The United Nations has warned that more than half of the population in the African country is in urgent need of aid and protection. This comes amid the international community's efforts to bring Sudan's warring parties back to the negotiating table. Naba Mihidin has more. This plan uh, may have uh, fruitful results uh, because uh, the vice uh, president of Sudan's sovereign council, General Malik Agar, said that uh, Al-Burhan confirmed that he will be involved in any talks led by African initiative. So this initiative is likely to succeed as Al-Burhan just confirmed uh, his involvement in these talks. Other indicators also that the situation is catastrophic uh, in all of the regions in Sudan. Uh, so the two leaders may sit in one negotiation table. Sudan already has witnessed uh, some mediation talks held by African leaders, so there is good indicators. The two generals are on great pressures to stop this uh, conflict, and also the two men are exhausted, the two armies are exhausted, and there is halt of supplies, and we are seeing, yes, there is intensifying fighting in the capital Khartoum, but the pace of fighting is not as before, so there is indicators that this initiative uh, will likely succeed and Sudanese people are so hopeful that the two men, if they sit uh, on negotiation table, of course it will end in a political compromise and it will uh, end this uh, conflict in Khartoum and also in other regions because the time now is very suitable for negotiation talks and there is still a chance to save uh, what can be saved. That was Naba Mahideen in Sudan. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has visited Tiananmen Square in Beijing as part of his four-day visit to China. NATO Secretary-General Jan Stoltenberg says some progress has been made on Sweden's bid to join the bloc after a meeting in Ankara. And Ukraine is reporting modest gains in its counter-offensive against Russia. That concludes today's top story. 
which brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Wang Zhang. Thank you for listening.